We back in the lab, we making some noise, so go turn your decibels up. Yeah. Black skin, white coat, oh no, who was nice as us? Made Jim really told us no limits, so we about to take this up. Went from mixing in the kitchen to the lab, and now nah, I can make this up. Be side, be scientist, be side, be scientist. We shining a light on the people of color to show them how fly it is. Be side, be scientist, be side, be scientist. We back in the lab with white coats on our back, trying to show what time it is. Hey. And welcome back to the Be Scientist Podcast, a podcast by the Black Science Coalition and Institute, or B-Side. When you hear this noise, that just means you heard it in podcast citations. So please head over to b-side.org to see all of our citations ever. I am geoarchaeologist Jordan Chapman, and as always, we have the dope chemist herself, Jenna Carpenter, but today Jenna is not here because Jenna is currently in South America for the summer and she's going to tell us all about that when she gets back. But before Jenna left, she had an amazing idea. Jenna suggested for our Juneteenth episode that we should compile the audio for some of our guests into one episode. So that's what we're going to do today. Listen up as some of our guests tell us how they encourage everyone to be scientists. And today we have a wonderful, inspiring guest, the Dr. Chanel Tawson on the podcast. Hey, Chanel is our is B-Size Science Policy Officer. How would you inspire people to be scientists? And you've been doing that the whole podcast, but you can give us just a couple more lines about how do you inspire people to be scientists? <laughs> I think that it's super important that when it, it, I'm gonna talk to parents or educators or someone who has a, a little one, I call them Melanie Munchkins, Melanie Munchkin in your life somewhere, somehow, right? It's super important to engage them. Like, and there's always another question after a question. But why? But why? But why? How does that work? What is this? You gotta catch them when they're in that phase, you know? Because we're all, we're all inquisitive at that age, right? We're all scientists. That's what scientists are. We're inquisitive. We wanna know why. There are STEM concepts in it. And when you get kids engaged, they start asking questions. He's like a little science in the back and everything. So, you know, when they're asking those questions, engage them in that, you know, or, or give them a little, give them a book, give them a little, a little science or a STEM box. You know, they make those too. Give them a little something or give them some guided inquiry. If they ask you a question, they're like, hey, you know what? Why don't you go tell me how that works? You know what I mean? Why don't you go tinker with that a little bit and come back and tell me how that works? You engage them and, and support them, you know, and kind of maybe not give them the answers, but give them that little bit of guided inquiry so they understand how things work. Because now you're doing things like problem solving. Now you're creating a free thinker. Now you're creating someone that can actually, or, or I shouldn't say creating, but you are mentoring and you are fostering someone who can go through the scientific process, that method. They're not even, they don't realize they're even doing it, but they're doing it on their own. They go to be scientists. And, and maybe they don't, maybe they don't. But does it hurt that you have someone who's grown up that understands how to go through a process? Does that hurt anything? If they don't become a scientist? No. So either way, scientists or non-scientists, go through that process, you got a, a well-rounded person anyway. And today we have two guests on B-Scientist. First, making her B-Scientist debut, we have B-Side Secretary Janae Vasharazin. How are you, Janae? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me today. Of course, of course. Today we also have a special guest. We have another neuroscientist, Dr. Theanne Griffith, who is author of The Magnificent Makers and has also appeared on NPR's Shortwave and is an assistant professor at the University of California, Davis. So um, this is B-Scientist, and we always ask our guests at the end 
to tell us how you encourage other people to be scientists. So we're going to start off with besides Secretary Janae. How do you encourage people to be scientists? Um, I think, um, like, do what my mom did. She bought me this little chemistry set, and that really was, like, the first exposure of science I ever got. So the other thing is just be curious about the world around you. Ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask anyone questions as well. Yeah, I echo those thoughts. I think especially when we're thinking about kids and getting kids excited about science, which I think about a lot, Mm -hmm. um, definitely encouraging question asking, encouraging them to make stuff up. I feel like we don't appreciate how important creativity and like making stuff up is to science like you make up stuff and then you go and try and make that like that's what science is right when we think about all of the genetic advances and we're talking about CRISPR like if we tried to explain CRISPR to somebody 50 years ago they would have thought we were like you know sci-fi freaks (laughs) or whatever you know like it's important to just to just kind of allow that un you know un hampered imagination to run wild ask them to make up a a model organism or something that they've no one's ever heard of before and give it superpowers and and then how would those superpowers work that's like you know that's the scientific thinking right encouraging creativity and then asking them to kind of back that creativity up a little bit i think that's a great start I'm trying to remember the quote from the Magic School Bus that Miss Frizzle used to say. I don't know if you guys remember. It was something like, make stuff up and get messy. I think that's kind of what you're saying right now. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a Miss Frizzle quote, but that is exactly what I'm trying to say. I don't know if I got it right, but I know it's something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. That is literally how we should be encouraging scientists because that's what we do as scientists, right? Right. <laughs> like, I think this is a hypothesis <laughs> and I'm going to go test it and get messy. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. We have assistant professor at UCLA, archaeologist and National Geographic Explorer and co-founder of the Society of Black Archaeologists, Dr. Justin Donovan. How are you? Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. I'm doing good out here in sunny California, so I can't complain. How do you encourage other people to be scientists? Mm, Good question. I encourage it by showing that they're already doing it. Everything they do in their life is usually an experiment of some sort to either make themselves better or just out of their own inquisitiveness. And I encourage them to to interrogate a lot of things that they see around them and ask, why is this happening? How is this happening? And how can I potentially change it? Um, one of the things I tell people, too, is that, you know, colonialism is a system and it's been developing and experimenting for over 500 years. Uh, it's not going to change overnight, but It also means that we have the potential to create an alternative system that either goes counter to it or runs separate from it. Um, So that's where I want people to think is that systems level thinking where it's not an individual, a community or an institution, but we're thinking about an entire system where just by our mere existence, we are perpetuating it and others as well by their mere existence are perpetuating it. Um, So that's one way I encourage them. And then, you know, my latest project that I'm working on now Uh, National Geographic messed up and asked me, what would I do if I had unlimited resources? (laughs) So I had to go to the drawing board and um, (laughs) I said, you know, as a maritime archaeologist, I'd want to look for the Black Star Line and for Marcus Garvey's legacy underwater. Mm. And so that's what we've been kind of working on in the background for the last few months now. I had a chance to to virtually meet Dr. Julius Garvey, Marcus Garvey's son, mm. uh, proposed the idea, and it got some some good buy-in. And uh, now we're starting this quest slowly but surely to to begin to look for those wrecks. Today, we have the future Dr. Brianna Sims. How do you try to encourage people to be scientists? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to recognize that anybody can be a scientist for one. Um, and a scientist looks very different from person to person. So um, I think that we kind of, we as in scientists get like this bad rap, you know, we work in like basements and, you know, our hair is like crazy and we wear like really thick glasses and you know, I wear glasses and that's fine. But yeah, I'm like, I kind of check out for all of those, but it's fine. <laughs> and my hair is always crazy and I'm supposed to wear glasses. <laughs> I mean, and it's like, we can do all those things, right? But I mean, then I, I try to encourage people to recognize that we're, we're whole people. So, I mean, I love Cardi B. That's my girl. Like, if I could ever meet Cardi <laughs> B or Megan Thee Stallion, nice. like, I would literally die. Okay, that Like, I would lose it. But I also love, like, makeup. I love being outside. I love, like, spending time with my friends and family. Like, I, like, so there's so many different, like, aspects to me. So, like, yes, I do wear my, my white coat. I wear my glasses. Um, but I always tell people I'm like probably the girliest chemist I'll ever meet. I'll typically have my, my hair is done, makeup's on, even in the lab. So, I mean, a scientist can be anyone. So don't, you know, you can't, you can't look at someone and decide if they're a scientist or not. Like we come in all different shapes, sizes, colors. Like we, we look how we look. We have a special guest. We got Dr. Gertrude Nantra. I hope I got the right. I'm so sorry about that. Yes. Dr. You did. You did. Yes. Yes. It's non-track. And you, usually Jordan says his part, but I, <laughs> I guess I'm co-opted it's, today. It's both of our show. You got it. Yeah. So I usually towards the end of our interviews, we like to ask um, what in what ways do you think you inspire other people to be scientists in your own way? Hmm. Yes, I think just by showing up. I inspire people to be scientists. And what do I mean? I think over the last few years, there's been an emphasis on the fact that representation matters, right? Um, and when a child, especially young people, when you see yourself, so I'll tell you a quick story to answer this question and then I'll, I'll wrap it up. But I, I remember when I was a, a young child, again, I grew up in Ghana and West Africa. And I remember that one of the highlights of my childhood was seeing a lady she was a female physician and she, it was the medical school graduation. I still remember her name. Her name was Dr. Elsie Mensa, and she had finished her, 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 her medical school and she had won all the best student awards at the medical graduation. And it was news all over the country because for the first time, a female student had won all of these awards. Like sometimes this, the, this, the female students would win some but not all of them. So she was just overall a great uh, student and had won all these awards after med at, at her medical school graduation. And I remember saying that I want to be like her. I want to be Dr. Gertrude. You know, I was a Pong at the time. Now I'm non-tra, but I want to be Dr. Gertrude, right? So I remember seeing that and thinking that's possible for me. You know, so... When somebody, and, and I've had people say this to me, um, oh, it's so nice to see another black face in STEM, in science, or in medical writing. I never met a black medical writer, right? It's so nice to see that. And it's really nice to see that you're talking about it. Like you are it and you're talking about it. Thank you for that because now this inspires me to explore this path, 
So I think that the way that I inspire, I don't know if I inspire people, but I think that the way that I inspire people is simply by showing up and being creative. And this is why we need more, um, you know, like Black Kez Kazats, maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe Jordan does that. <laughs> this is why we need more of that, because we're there. We're there, right? But how are people going to know if they don't see us? There's so many. I have a, a friend, um, a, an acquaintance, not a friend, but an acquaintance, a good acquaintance, who is a professor. She uh, She's also from Ghana. She's a professor of organic chemistry uh, at a university in Ohio, which, you know, chemistry is always like the subject everybody's afraid of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely I was uh, of, of, of O-Chem, and you know, and she, she told me the attrition rate for so many minorities students in her classes, that so many minority students come into her class and drop her classes um, because they're so scared that they will fail. And some of them just drop out of the STEM major altogether. And most of the time, it's minority students. It's Black students, right? Not just Black students, but general minority, but a lot of Black students do this. Because, and why is that? Why is that though? Because maybe they haven't seen enough people who are in STEM fields and say, and, 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 and who have been through it and who can say to them, Hey, if I did it, you can do it too. I also struggled with OCHEM, but here's how you can study it and be better. And here's how you can pass the course. So by showing up, by being created, by sharing your gift with the world, you can inspire people. And hopefully, as I do the both PhD, I can inspire more people. And today we have PhD candidate Adriana Norris from Vanderbilt University. How are you, Adriana? I, and this is so strange. I, this is like the second time I've done this. But we usually wrap up our conversations by asking our guests, in what ways do you think you inspire others to be scientists? Yeah, I think... Because I've heard you talk about this on the podcast, and I've been thinking about this for weeks, so it's probably I thought about it too much, <laughs> and I couldn't. I really couldn't think of anything good, but I was like, I think I'll inspire scientists to just do it your way, do academia your way. It can be sticky, it can be sort of ugly, but just do it your way. Um, it can be funny. <laughs> it doesn't all have to be so serious. The whole academic environment and this whole process. So I try to take it with more of a comedic viewpoint and that, you know, and even like a nihilist viewpoint that like, this all doesn't really matter and it's fine. Just do it your way. It's, it's all going to be okay. If you make it through the PhD, if you don't, if you decide to do something, if you decide to become an artist your third year and you quit, it's fine. Just do it your way. There's no perfect way to do it. Yeah. So I feel like I have that mindset and I hope I can show other people that mindset. And today... We have Kojo, usually in our podcast, by asking, how do you encourage other people to be scientists? So I would say, first of all, you need to find your niche, right? Like find something that you're very, very passionate about, very, very curious about. When Something that you cannot, like, you know, I I know a lot of people who hate to be in the lab or or, or do like even science or, you know, clinical research or even engage in any, any form of science, right? But you just have to really, really sit down and figure out, okay, is this the kind of environment that I want to be in? Will I be very happy doing this every single day of my life? Like, again, you have to think about it. But then, whilst you think about that, you have to think about the bigger picture, right? How is this my, like, if I engage in this specific activity, this scientific activity, how is it going to impact society in general, right? And I think the moment you start thinking about that, 
And then also looking as, as yourself, my advice to people is always see yourself as a mentor. You may not necessarily directly be mentoring someone, but you are an inspirational figure regardless of where you see yourself. You both are inspirational to a lot of black kids who look like you and are just seeing you. Like, it's just that we tend to really under-evaluate like, or undervalue ourselves. So we think we don't have that kind of impact. But trust me, whilst you're thinking about your niche and where you fit in, you also have to look at yourself as someone that a lot of people are looking up to, right? Think about the society in general and how what you are interested in can impact society. Don't think about it now. Because if you think about now, you're not going to have any some sort of instant gratification doing science. It takes a while before you get results, right? Mm-hmm. So it is, it's just like medicine, right? You're going through medicine, studying, studying every day, taking loans, taking loans, taking loans, taking studying, going through the March process. You're not going to get an, like, an instant gratification that, oh, wow, I put in this, I get this back immediately. So it takes a lot of work. You know, research takes a lot of like you know troubleshooting. Like you do a lot, and so you have to understand that it's a process. It's a journey. It's not a race. You're not racing with anyone. So if you're able to figure out all these things out and understand that this is a process that you have to trust the process, um, um, I, I you know, you you you'll be, you'll be fine. And you know, again, have the patience and know <laughs> that you know everything comes with is ups and downs. Science, everything is all not nice and everything is like we all nerds and we can all do things. No, you know, I think you have to also understand that there will be challenges that you're going to face. So the challenges that you're going to face, also make sure that you have specific mentors that you can reach out to, right? And, and again, when I say mentors, they don't have to all be in science. You could have a mentor who deal with your personal stuff. You could have mentors who do deal with your academic stuff, and you could have mentors who deal with your scientific stuff, right? So identifying mentors, knowing your niche, looking at the bigger picture, understanding it's a process and it's not something that you're gonna get an instant gratification from. Um, if you be able to like if you're able to understand all these like components of it, you'll be a great scientist. Science will mean so much to you, it will make sense to you, you would love doing it. And you continue to do it, and you inspire the next generation to also do it. And today, we have a special guest. I think, actually, our special guest is one of the first other Black scientists we've interviewed from the great city of Philadelphia. So we're excited to have him today. We got Dr. Dr. Michael Joseph Williams in the house. (laughs) How do you encourage other people to be scientists? I think... How do you encourage is, number one, you go to the elementary schools and you do science demonstrations and science shows to get them excited. I love doing outreach for kids. I, especially since I'm dealing with light, you know, I could show them all kinds of laser tricks, all kinds of stuff, especially with gummy bears. Uh, <laughs> everybody loves candy. <laughs> and, you know, so uh, showing them uh, different concepts of dispersion, diffraction, uh, transmittance, uh, reflection, uh, all kinds of things um, regarding science and how, it, you know, it interacts um, with different things that they generally care about, which is candy. Uh, <laughs> and, it just shows, and it's showing the different concepts of light and how 
you know, they themselves can start to understand that at a young age, just seeing their wide-eyed optimism, I love that. And so I think we should start there just um, to encourage kids to not be afraid to be curious about life, to find people that are trustworthy or genuine that can challenge them in the science who are not afraid to support them and to, you know, just basically to have people fund them to have people put themselves out there to give people a head start. That was definitely me. And so I believe in giving back. So that's the main, you know, message here. It's always important to give back to your communities where you came from. Because there are are definitely kids in the inner cities that want to do this stuff. They just need the encouragement and the opportunities. And today we are joined by our special guest, Janaya Griffin. And hey, Janaya, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing good, doing good. Well, uh, we could talk all day, honestly. This is great. Uh, (laughs) So, but this is Be Scientist. um, And at the end of every interview, we ask our guests to tell us, how do you encourage others to be scientists? Ooh, Mm -hmm. that's a good one. (laughs) Um, How do you encourage others to be scientists? Well, okay, so I always get the question of how do I get my kids to want to be involved in STEM, right? And my response to parents is always like, first, you have to let them know that they are STEM. They are STEM themselves. Biology, like how the body works, and like that science. You talk about these DIY hair concoctions, that chemistry, like, (laughs) you know, all of these different things that we're doing, mathematics and algebra, that's basketball, like, you know, stats and stuff like that. You you keep stats on baseball players and basketball players, that's data science, right? You, all of these things, you know, we're already embedded within our daily lives. It, it is STEM. Everything that you're interacting with, when you're driving, when you're putting gas in your car, when you're eating, when you're cooking, all of these things, we are engaging with STEM every single day. And so we just have to start to open up our eyes to, you know, and take off the lens and blinders that STEM is not something that is unattainable. It is who we are inherently. Our ancestors, our, the people now, like we are STEM and we continue to be, we continue to push forward the innovation, push forward the envelope on what that looks like. And so just realizing that we use it every single day um, and getting people to um, be aware of that. I think that's how you can be better scientists, right? Start to break down the things that you do in, I would say, layman's terms, right? Um, so that you can um, introduce that to, to folks. Like we talk about H2O, we talk about water, we talk about carbon, we talk about like all of these different things, but um, we make it so like, far-fetched like oh it's just this thing that like you have to be smart to understand that no not really um most times right when you got people that's dealing drugs and they cutting up and doing all that type of stuff they're doing they're chemists 
Okay, you got a street pharmacist or a street chemist or whatever. And so we figure out different things. Gumbo, right? We put all the things together, seasonings and different flavors and boil it to this temperature and, you know, uh, cook it in a cast iron skillet. It's going to taste different, right? You know, um, so really just understanding how we live and um, um, relating that to uh, the things we do every day. Uh, that's how we can be better chemists. Or better chemist, better scientist. <laughs> no, you can say chemist is fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, hey, I didn't want to be biased or anything, you know. <laughs> and today we have University of Missouri Assistant Professor Dr. Jordan Booker. Dr. Booker is a developmental psychologist who researches, who research focuses on emotion, personality, and identity development, and how those aspects relate to children, teens, and young adults, to just name a few interests. Um, thanks for agreeing to be on the podcast. Yeah, very glad to join you all today. How do you encourage other people to be scientists? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So thinking very broadly, um, one of the, the best ways to get exposure to science and figure out if that that field of science or that that approach to the science is going to be for you is to try to find some opportunities for research around your campus if there are um, folks who are doing um, research in the, the areas and the major you're already in you know reaching out to your faculty um, reaching out fairly early this semester um, you know, it's a little bit easier midpoint rather than at the very end um, to see if someone's going to have some opening sometimes and, and if they still have space mm-hmm. um, but but if you have a class that you're really enjoying asking um, that faculty member, if, if they are running a lab, if they're expecting to be able to take some more folks on, or if they're not, if they know some other folks and they know um, so many, if they have any recommendations or if they might be willing to write a letter of support, so on and so forth. You've been doing really well. You've been attending. You've been um, doing nice with, with the different assignments there. You know, you have someone who's probably going to be pretty open to writing a strong and a positive, ask that they'll be positive first, mm-hmm. uh, letter <laughs> for you. Uh, so you can make sure that um, you can get some good exposure. Um, and the nice thing, especially if you're looking more your sophomore, your junior year, is that that exposure, even if that particular set of research isn't quite for you, now you know that, you haven't tried going all, all the way into a graduate program with that very specific focus yet, you can switch things up a little bit and find another opportunity that might be a little bit more close, uh, closely aligned with your interest. At the undergrad level, if you're thinking of moving on and uh, into graduate studies, into a field with science, you know, the biggest thing is getting some research experience in and of itself. Um, it's nice if you get some research experience that feels like a really good fit for where you want to go. But even if that, that first research uh, lab experience, for whatever reason, isn't quite where you saw things, um, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting experience in and of itself is really key. Um, but sometimes, you know, just putting yourself out there a little bit and asking, um, either faculty you're already working with or, or other faculty in the department or across campus. It's a great way of hearing about some of the opportunities going on, or those folks sometimes know other opportunities um, across campus or on other campuses that might be accessible to you. So uh, it's, it's a little nerve wracking at first. Putting yourself out there is, is one of the, the really nice ways of getting your foot in the door. And for the second time, we got the legend in the building. Give it up for. Hey, the DOC. <laughs> Notorious POC, <laughs> Chanel, Tosin, DRBH. I'm Jose. I'm all things science, all things public health, and I'm here to help you make good choices. Yes. <laughs> Dope. And for the first time on Be Scientist, we got the STEM advocate himself. What's going on, guys? <laughs> 
What's going on, guys? I am so happy to be here. This is Chad Singleton coming in, uh, science communication officer for BSI. Um, you know, like uh, Shell said, all things public health, all things chemistry, all things biology. You know, just here to explain everything to you guys. And I'm so happy to be with you today. So please tell the people how you encourage them to be scientists. You want to go first, Chad? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I can go first. So tell everybody how. I would encourage them to be scientists. Well, uh, you know, like I always say on all of my posts, you know, the biggest thing is uh, I say be inquisitive. And a lot of people, when they think about uh, like, what do I need to be a scientist? I tell like all my kids this every time, you know, I have a talk or every time I go back to, you know, my alma mater, I always say, hey, you know, if you ask a question, you know, if you're posing a question, if you're curious, if you want to do science if you're in the scientists and you're just interested you know you're a scientist already you know uh, a lot of people will say oh i need this and i need that and i need a million degrees and i need you know all of this stuff i'm like no no you don't it's already there like all you have to do is have the want to to go uh, ask a question or experiment or just, you know, have science interest, you know, that's, that's really all it takes at the end of the day. And all I would say is just not give up. I talked a lot uh, today about my advisors and how I felt coming up through undergrad and how hard it was for me. And the biggest thing uh, that, or the biggest takeaway I would like everybody to have from my story is that I never gave up, you know, I, and that's with all the failures because there was some, uh, that's what all the successes, you know, you can't be scared of any of that stuff. And it gets hard, but, you know, no matter how hard it gets, guys, you know, keep trying, keep pushing forward. If you're passionate about it, I, I guarantee you it will 100% work out for you in whatever capacity you want. So to all of my guys out there, you know, all of my freaks and geeks, you know, the Skr round table guys, you know, all of my family from B-Side, like I always say, you know, uh, be individuals, be inquisitive, and be scientists. Hey, that's all I got. Close out with that. Close out with that. Well, that's what I said. Every that time I make a B side post, that's what I put at the end. <laughs> I don't have to that say anything smooth. else. That was so smooth, Jen. I wasn't as smooth. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I think we can close on that. I'm just going to say listen, don't quit. Don't quit. Someone's always watching. But also, I'm going to say this close mouths don't get fed. So if you want to be a scientist and don't know how, don't know where to go, what your path is, you're confused, you're stuck, you got us. And we have a network of other sciences. There are all kinds of other networks around. There's Black and X. So you can find Black a Black X, network sure. in mm-hmm. any science field that you're thinking about going into. Um, we shout to one of them. If you want to be a scientist, ask one. To be one, ask one. Wow. Listen to all the episodes and then editing all the episodes brings up a lot of memories. Shout out to all of our guests for coming on the show. I hope they all know they're welcome back at any time. B-Scientist has come so far. In fact, B-Sci has come so far. Please donate if you can. We got new things on the horizon. We will be back at the end of the summer, early fall with new episodes of B-Scientist. Happy Juneteenth. Please take a day off. And until we see you again, B-Scientist. B-Scientist is a podcast by the Black Science Coalition and Institute, or B-Sci, a 501c3 nonprofit. B-Scientist is hosted by both Jenna Carpenter, chemist, and B-Sci's research and development officer, and 
Jordan Chapman, geoarchaeologist and BTOS president. Music is produced by Della Rallo and lyrics are by Ed Yana. Special thanks to Michael Mike Caston Marshall and the Plaza Abbey Studios. If you'd like to donate to B-Side, visit our official website, bside.org. That's b-side.org. Your donation supports the B-Scientist and B-Side's other projects. We couldn't do it without you. So, please tune in next time, and always, be scientists.